0: I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. Looking for a way to support the dinner party show? A percentage of any purchase you make through a buy link on thedinnerpartyshow.com will allow us to keep bringing you the show free of charge. If you're an
1: Amazon customer, head to thedinnerpartyshow.com and click on the Amazon Gold Box located in the lower left-hand corner of every page of our site. Do this, and a percentage of each purchase you make at Amazon during that shopping session will support our continued operation.
0: I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for another episode of The Dinner Party Show.
2: Hi, I'm Patricia Cornwell, and you're listening to the dinner party show with the wonderful Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn.
1: I went to a marvelous
0: party. Most people don't even know the facts. They go with their gut, don't have enough to let cares about your money.
1: Christopher? This is only going to work if we speak one at a time.
0: Fine, you first, Eric. Live! I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And welcome to a special presentation of The Dinner Party Show. It is special. Why is it special, Eric well, Shaw Quinn? Well, because.
1: Do you have a new book out? I
0: always have a new book out. Okay, so no. what's your new book? No, no, I don't have a new book out. Well,
1: your what's your latest 1001 Dark Knights book?
0: Well, if people haven't been keeping track, the novella that started off the series, The Flame, came out last November. And then in February of this year, we released The Surrender Gate, which is a full length novel set in the same sort of universe as The Flame. And then Kiss the Flame, which is the next novella in the series, will be out in November. So I am going to the Romantic Times conference in Dallas, Texas this week. So
1: people who are fans of the Flame and the Surrender Gate can come to there and meet you. It's called Romantic Times, right?
0: Well, there's a magazine called Romantic Times, um, and I think that may not actually be the full name of the publication, but it was the first dedicated review publication in the country just for romance novels, and it has since become a very sort of industry leader publication, and it has this enormous, what's essentially a fan convention. I mean, RWA, which is Romance Writers of America, has a uh, more of a trade convention in New York later this year, where I will also be doing a panel, but RWA, excuse me, RT, which is what they call this conference, is really a chance for fans to meet the writers.
1: And there's an open signing with everybody in Dallas yes. at on at the Hyatt on...
0: On Saturday. On Saturday, Saturday the 16th. Saturday,
1: the s- yeah. 16th. And then there's a special sparkler for people who are actually enrolled in the conference on the 15th with you and the other authors from A Thousand and One Dark Nights, Absolutely.
0: Right? And if and if people are familiar with our show, they'll be familiar with A Thousand and One Dark Nights, even if they're not familiar with that series. That, we have authors um, normally on, I, I guess, we, there are two a month that are published. These are digital first novellas. And they're and,
1: always available, of course, through the thedinnerpartyshow.com. Absolutely,
0: all of them. And... Uh, so we've had uh, authors in the past come on. They're very busy. They're always writing books. They're, they they come on and we do we subject them to a sort of sexy game show style quiz. We've had Carrie Ann Ryan. We've had Kristen Proby, who's a big bestseller, particularly in the the indie book market. Um, we've had I'm I'm forgetting the other one. I think we've had.
1: But the point is today, for those of you who can't make it to Dallas, we're going to have two of the Romantic Times authors here with us.
0: Yeah, two of the authors. That's from what makes it so Dark uh, This is a
1: long way of getting around to why it's so. Special here so today. The,
0: yeah, exactly. This evening we're going to be joined by Julie Kenner and Lexi Blake, who are two of they're they're good friends of mine. They were very helpful to me um, when I was first sticking my toe into the genre. Even though they're not really that into foot stuff. Ha 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 ha. Um, <laughs>
1: But Unless that becomes popular, in which case... In which case, we'll
0: them. all be into foot stuff. Right. I, will, I will have my foot novella ready. But they're uh, joining us tonight to talk about it. And yes, we will all be in attendance at The Sparkler, which you mentioned. And if you're an attendee who is paid for admittance to Romantic Times, this event allows you to go from table to table and meet every Dark Knight's author. But it's like a, a scavenger hunt style... Kind of question thing. Everybody gets a questionnaire, and also I think they get cure royales, which is where the sparkler comes from. They right. get champagne with a little chambord. There'll be no
1: champagne juice. tonight, so we're gonna. This is going to be a sparklet.
0: This, this is a Christopher
1: sparklet. and two of the other Thousand Night authors, Julie Kenner. A and...
0: Thousand and One Dark Nights. I think he added a couple nights there. Did I? Oh, way. a thousand and ten. Yes. Yeah. Julie Kenner and Lexi Blake will both be here uh, before the hour is up to talk to us about. Well, we kind of went more in depth with these two authors. They talk about the business of romance. They talk about the craft of writing in general. The business of being an indie writer, particularly Lexi Blake started out indie. She now has a book coming out. From Berkeley, but she started out completely on her own and became a huge success doing that. So she talks some about that as well.
1: Okay, so um, they'll be here tonight, and then if you're in Dallas or in, so inspired by our interviews tonight, you mm-hmm. want to go to Dallas. They'll the, the signing with all of these people and a lot more mm-hmm. is on Saturday the 16th Saturday. at the Hyatt in Saturday Dallas. Saturday
0: the 16th is open to the public, right? And so I will be I will not be signing, but I will be circulating. I will probably be buying books. And so if you, you bring something, he'll me, sign. I'll it. sign anything you got on you. That it's not ticking or whatever poisonous. yeah
1: uh-huh. and then uh, uh, for those who are actually attending Romantic Times which may already be all booked up so that that may be I may be talking out of turn but they can also attend The Sparkler on the on the
0: 15th like. yes absolutely I,
1: so it's a big show tonight it's, it's very special it's a big
0: special. show so we'll let the authors take it away I'm Christopher Rice and I'm Eric Shaw Quinn and we'll be back here in just a second with Julie Kenner
3: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Enjoy the hors d'oeuvres, but don't fill up there's plenty more to come.
0: Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And we're joined this hour by Julie Kenner. She is the New York Times USA Today Publishers Weekly and Wall Street Journal and international best selling author of over 70 novels, novellas, and short stories Golly. in a variety of genres. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, just wait, I'm not through. She's proud either. <laughs> she's probably, I, I, there's no stopping her.
2: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Though primarily known for her award winning and international best selling erotic romances, she's been writing full time for over a decade in a variety of genres and here's my favorite part of her bio a three-time finalist for the Romance Writers of America's prestigious Rita Award she took home the first Rita Trophy awarded in the category of erotic romance in 2014 for her novel Claim Me which is book two of her Stark trilogy she joins us today via Skype from her home in Central Texas where she lives with her husband and two daughters and her latest novella for a thousand and one dark nights is called Caress of Pleasure it's a dark pleasures novella and it's available now through the dinnerpartyshow.com. Julie, welcome to the Dinner Party Show.
4: Thank you so much. I'm
0: delighted you were
1: able to give us the time. <laughs> My God, what a resume! <laughs> And you maybe, must be so exhausted. You
4: know, I am, actually. I, <laughs> napping is napping is my goal in life these days.
1: Right? If yeah. you told me when I was eight years old that nap time
0: was what I was going to miss, <laughs> I would have called you a liar. <laughs> they were trying to get you to <laughs> get it all in then. I was wrong. Right. You, you, but I'm just going to say this. I've been to two conferences with Julie, Romantic Times in New Orleans last year, which is now happening in Dallas this week, Right? and Coastal Magic in Daytona Beach. And at both conferences, she was under Deadline and had to leave everything early to go work. We were literally but not like,
4: "This time, not this time." Oh yeah, RT, I am playgirl. It I is will so believe awesome. it when I see it, see Ms. It. Kenner. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we do want to tell folks we are doing a sparkler for a thousand and one dark nights during our tea this week. It's going to be on Friday, May fifteenth, at twelve fifteen, and and let's set the scene for people. The the sparkler is like, is it's going to? I guess it's going to be like it was last year, right, Julie?
4: Yeah, like speed dating awesomeness with funky right. questions and lots of interaction with fans it was awesome fast paced
0: so fun like speed date with your favorite authors Basically, yeah, yeah. Really that's fun. really fun we yeah. we were um we were on the uh, rooftop ballroom. It wasn't literally on the rooftop. It was the top floor. <laughs> the
1: wind was blowing.
0: It was a <laughs> rainstorm. It was a nightmare. Oh my god! <laughs> Julie was like, "Call my agent. Get us all out of here." Um, no, we we were in this ballroom, right? And they I, I found out later. I don't know if you knew this, Julie, but but you you had been writing all all night, and you were like living off of coffee. And I, I um, always was. Uh, the, the line for it, I think, went at like the elevators were backed up because so many people were trying to get into this oh, event. So Oh, it was
4: crazy. Me and... um Oh, gosh, I can't remember who else. Laura Adrian, I think, and a couple other people. We had to sneak up the freight elevator because we couldn't get there. We, I mean, we literally could not get there. So we were like, okay, sorry, hotel people. We have to sneak to this place. And, so and, we... and,
0: I mean, like, and no, this it was crazy. Like, Julie was one of the stars of this event. I mean, it was it was lovely to be there, but it was really my first time promoting a romance. And I had no swag. We've been talking a lot about swag Ugh, on the dinner party show. No. I had no so. swag. Swagless. Yeah, exactly.
4: Yeah. You didn't have any swagger, Chris. It's very- very sad.
0: I know. Well, I, I only had swagger and no <laughs> swag. And I, one woman, she came up to my table and she said, "You don't have anything." And I was like, I just thought I was supposed to stand here and answer questions. I'm just here. Okay, but anyway, let's let's talk about the serious side of this business, because it's a very serious oh, yeah. business. You but, all seem
1: like a very serious group of people.
0: Um, Ju- Julie, the, the work output we were joking about, it, but it's considerable in romance. Like the, the expectation from the fan base and the audience is that you have multiple titles in a year. Do you think that's a fair assessment? I
4: think that it, yes. I mean, in the course of the time that I've been working, it's changed a lot. <laughs> lot. Um, and uh, over the years, readers, publishers, authors, you know, we're all sort of expecting to produce more and more work, more and more regularly. And and it's a marketing strategy. It keeps your name in front of readers. How you know? many books a year do you
1: manage to put out?
4: Oh, my gosh. It's, you know, really and truly depends on the year. Even... Even in the early days of my career, I think the fewest I ever put out a year was three. Wow. Um, now, some wow. of those, I started out in, in writing both single titles and category romance, uh-huh. and category romances are shorter. So um, so I was mixing 100,000-word books with 50,000-word books. Now, so,
0: define category romance for people who might not be familiar with the term.
4: I started writing for Harlequin. So essentially, we're talking Harlequin-type romances where they're in a line, they're sold more by the line than the author. That's really the way that they're branded. Um, so I, was, I wrote for the Harlequin Temptation line, and And that later, um, went defunct, which was a shame because it was a really fun line to write for. And then I was writing for Harlequin Blaze, which was their, their, their most sexy line. And, um, they're shorter, um, readers could subscribe to them, um, by mail and they would get the books in the mail, you know, and they've been around forever. And so that's considered a category romance because you're writing in a certain category. So each of the categories had a certain feel to it, Mm -hmm. you know, and so like Temptation was kind of urban and sexy and, you know, had a sexy hook, that kind of thing.
0: Right now. And was all of this work that you were doing for the category romances, was this pre 50 shades or post 50 shades?
4: Oh, this was way pre 50 shades. This was back in when I first published back in you know the late 90s around around 2000 my first book came out in 2000 okay so it's been a long time no um 50 shades it, i've been writing post 50 shades and those are all, you know, long, full-length trade paperbacks, 100,000-ish words. Um, mm-hmm. So completely different kind of feel and time and just a different feel to the book, if that makes right, sense.
0: Right, right. Well, I, I thought it was an important thing to point out because people who aren't familiar with romance act like Fifty Shades was the beginning of erotic romance. When really, No, it was, oh it, my it, yeah. goodness,
4: no. In fact, I wrote back in the day... I think it was in fact I just looked up the copyright recently for somebody it was 2003 I believe. I wrote a book that um was the the premise was that the heroine was an expert in erotic romance Victorian huh. era erotic romance and I did a ton of research on it. I even went to Archer City which is um uh, where Larry McMurtry used to have um, all these used bookstores. It was a book city. It was totally cool. Oh, wow. And got all, cool. these, all these erotic romances from from the Victorian era and read them. So, no, Fifty Shades is not the first in this genre. In a long... Not by, by a long, long shot. shot, right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, it's interesting, and I, I won't go too much into this story, but there was a sort of well-known author in another genre who announced recently that he was collaborating with a writer, and he was going to really show... He was going to really expand the boundaries of romance. And all of these authors who'd been working in romance <laughs> forever were like, um, dude, you need to do your homework. Like, <laughs> the boundaries have been expanded for some time, like the Harlequin line that you mentioned, whereas Harlequin <laughs> can be a buzzword for people who just want to use that much maligned term, bodice ripper. There was yeah. Harlequin is a huge company that was Except doing a I lot of... I love those, so... <laughs> yeah, you like having your bodice ripped, yeah, Eric no, Sharquin? There's Shark well. nothing wrong with the bodice <laughs> ripper. I'm sorry. I, I don't see that as a bad thing at all. So, Julie, what do you think the impact of Fifty Shades was on your career?
4: Career. oh oh it changed my life honestly i mean it really and truly did whatever the reason that 50 shades exploded um you know whether it was the story whether it was the timing i Just mean certainly point. it was a perfect storm of everything right. that, that brought it into this public consciousness but it it literally changed my life i mean I had um I don't know how much listeners know about what was happening in the book industry around 2012 2011 2012 but It was really starting to, authors were losing their slots. Um, Yeah. You know, it was just, it was becoming very, very difficult. And I had had a series that we loved, my publisher loved. Critically, it was very, very acclaimed. It didn't sell as well as we wanted it to. And so my publisher dropped it, as sometimes happens. So if Mm -hmm. readers ever see their favorite books disappear, sometimes that's why. Right. And I had pitched something else that I loved, that I thought would be a lot of fun. My editor really liked it. We thought it was going to sell. And I got this call saying, sorry, it's it's we can't do it. Basically, we're cutting the slot that that would have been published in. And so I'm sitting here going, okay. And I'm working full-time as a writer, and I'm the primary breadwinner in my family. So I'm, like, freaking out and thinking, okay, well, I'm – you know, indie had exploded. I'm going to take some of my other right. series and just do indie. I get a call – Two days later, maybe from my agent, you know, from my editor via my agent saying, you know, they would like to know if you would like to write a book that's um, uh, that's sort of like Fifty Shades. And I honestly had not read Fifty Shades and I I didn't actually read Fifty Shades till after I wrote the first book because I didn't want it in my head as I was writing it. But I knew but it's in you know, it is out there in. The world now, so you—you, you, I mean, you have to live under a rock not to at least know what it was oh, basically yeah, about. Right. So yeah. I knew the premise, I knew kind of the concept, I knew we were talking super sexy billionaire, you know that kind of thing. So totally, I did one book contract, and it—it it did incredibly well. Even before it was released, it had sold foreign so well that we we changed it to a three book contract, and I expanded the wow. story. And I loved the characters. I mean, I—I—I I, I probably. Had I had so much fun writing this book, I mean, I cannot even begin to tell you. And um, and it did exceptionally well. It stayed multiple weeks on the Times list, on the USA Today list, the second and third book in the series. Was hit number the, two on the New York Times. And this is the Star Trilogy. Is that right? This is the Star Trilogy. Right. It, it, so I mean, so literally, it, it, it was literally a question: Would you are you interested in writing a book like Fifty Shades for us? So I can honestly say that Fifty Shades changed. The course of my career it really and truly did and it changed my life too because I was able to um you know my husband is um was able to quit his job and now he's my one of my assistants and wow. you know so it, it was a big deal so yeah
0: yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so we, we've talked a lot about the business side of it and then we, we're going to subject you to the same a thousand and one Dark nights game show sexy game show as we call it that we're putting all the authors through but <laughs> we want to talk about the personal side of it too do you feel that your relationships feed the romances that you write or is it vice versa? Uh,
4: you know, it's honestly, it's, I wouldn't even say it's either. I would say that for me, I mean, everything that happens to you in your life feeds your work. If, totally. you are, if you're a creative, if you're a creative, especially if you're working in a creative industry. Right. Um, So I, I wouldn't say that there's really any sort of direct correlation between you know, oh, that's, I mean, my neighbor one time asked me, she's like, I read your book and I know you and your husband. And it's like, is this what's going on in your house? I'm like, no, 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 no. When would I have time to write? I mean, seriously. <laughs> but um, So there's not that direct correlation, but it's it's almost like, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. is an Iron Man, but I'm sure that when he pulls together a character to, to portray on screen, Things in his life impact the creation of that character. And I think it's the same, at least for me as a writer, it's like I'm an actor in those roles of those characters. And so whatever has impacted my life is filtered through all of that into those characters. So, right. And certainly there are themes in my writing that I see pop up that I'm sure, you know, are you know, things that have happened to me, you know, issues, whatever. But sure, I don't sure. really see a direct correlation. Now, I will say that, that, that I will sometimes research a place, and it's like, oh, my God, we must go visit this place. I was
1: and- just thinking, is there a fantasy book that you'd like to write? Is there some, like, something that's always been, this is the thing I'd like to write about, this is the...
4: Do you know what I mean? What I, you know, I love what I'm writing. I mean, and every time I write it's like the book that I'm writing is the book that I absolutely the dream hate, project. and then I love it at the same time. You know, it's like this love-hate relationship. But, but yes, I have I have two books that I would absolutely love to write at some point and they're not in genre. So whether or not I will or not, uh-huh. I don't know because you know, it's it's a risk to leap out of where your fan base is because you don't know whether your readers are going to follow you or not. But one is very um a very sweeping epic love story that has sort of a bittersweet ending mm. and it takes place over just a really long period of time and uh-huh. touches on, you know, old, the golden age of Hollywood and all this stuff. Mm. And it's, I mean, most of my books taste place within about the span of five minutes. So you know that's <laughs> so, seriously. And, um, and the other one is a trilogy of YA books that I have, um, that just huh. popped in my head one day. That I and I wrote like the first chapter and loved the voice and have never done anything else with ever. But I think it would be great fun to write them. so could
1: almost you guys could almost now that writing has become so digital and so interactive with your reader, you could almost like survey people: Would you like to read a book about? Uh, I think that could, would be amazing. You could sell it on spec to your audience. Yeah. Like, would you? You know, you could things. do advance orders and write the book based on advance orders and not write it until there were certain numbers. I yeah totally. Like a, that was, I
4: bet people are doing. That with Kickstarter, yeah, honestly. honestly. I, I, yeah, so you all find me the time and I'll do that.
0: <laughs> we will, but in the time we have left, we're going to subject you to our 1001 Dark Knight sexy game show, which we need a catchier title for. Let's cue up our game show music. Time uh, yes, here we go. All right, Miss Kenner. Question one You are dangling from a clock face by your bare hands over a 30 story drop. Who do you most want to come to your rescue? A vampire, a shifter, or a Navy SEAL?
4: I want... A Navy SEAL vampire Because he's hot Because he's a Navy SEAL But if I ax- if he misses And I actually do <laughs> fall Almost to my death And I'm sitting there Bleeding out He can bring me back to life
0: Yes, exactly Very good answer Exactly
4: Thought it
1: all
0: the way through Excellent. Absolutely <laughs> I've been waiting for somebody To give that answer I don't think anybody has yet Alright, question two The man you're in a relationship with Has left In this case It would be your husband He's left dirty dishes In the sink For the third time this week uh. Who would you most like to make him jealous with? A billionaire CEO, a stud from a motorcycle gang, or Bigfoot?
4: <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the billionaire because, you know. I thought I that like, B was going to be I Bigfoot. Like, I like Now you know, Bigfoot was tempting, but I'm going with the billionaire, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> okay. Because um, I like fine dining. I like, you know, nice hotels and nice travel. Uh-huh. But see, my husband does as well, so that is why he would be
0: jealous. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I go? To that that <laughs> dinner with y'all, or is
1: it? Oh no,
2: it's just the two. Of, oh, okay,
1: yeah, yeah yeah, I yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Good,
1: a woman of a woman
0: of taste. I like
2: that. <laughs> yes.
1: yes,
0: good choice. All right, finish this sentence with one word. Romance is.
4: Uh. Life. Right. Romance is my life. Actually, it's
0: my life, but that's two words. So. <laughs> right? I think get know, those, that's,
1: those, that's, those, a, that's a totally different kind of tone of voice. To <laughs> yeah. Romance is my life. <laughs> Romance is all I do. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I can't get away. Oh I God.
0: Even <laughs> <nap>. <laughs> uh, okay. True or false? In real life, there are no happy endings.
4: Totally false. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, have you, is your life about happy
1: endings?
4: Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think Absolute it's about it. choosing.
1: <laughs> That the ending is happy, I because there's going to be an ending. You might as well you can decide whether happy, happiness is a subject a subjective decision, isn't it? It
4: is. It is. I think it truly, absolutely is. And I don't. I don't get the um, you know the 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 idea that there's something wrong with like happily ever after. It's like, uh, duh, isn't that what we kind of all want? That's Hello? what we're all
0: working on. I think. Yeah. Well, and also as as Eric points out, that we don't know what the ending is of our own lives. Like we right. don't know the end of the story until we're there, and then we're, we've moved on, waiting like, to, to find out. It's the thing. thing
1: I don't understand about suicide: is don't you want to know how the story turns out?
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, okay. So we're gonna do our drawing to end the game show and find out who Julie gets to spend the night with to make her husband jealous. <laughs> it's bill from true blood not a billionaire sorry about that julie (laughs) But
4: vampire, you know, there's potential there. I always <laughs> think
1: a vampire, I always think a vampire would be a billionaire because he can invest and in...
4: Well, unfortunately, if a vampire isn't a billionaire and he's been around for a long time, he's probably not the brightest yeah, he's a moron. in the world. Yeah. he kind of there with you on that. Right. It's
1: like it's the it's the ultimate way you just you know you invest in a stock and eventually it's worth he's a fortune. He's just yeah, a vampire's I mean, been hanging like out on the... your sofa for 300 you, years. You buy real estate in Manhattan and wait a couple of hundred yeah, years.
4: Yeah, it's it's compound interest, you know, on steroids. Right, you know, absolutely. I mean. yeah. Yeah, absolutely, it's all about
0: time. <laughs> absolutely, so well, let's remind everybody that the A Thousand One Dark Knight Sparkler at the Romantic Times Conference this week in Dallas, Texas, is May fifteenth, from twelve fifteen p.m. to one fifteen p.m. in the landmark foyer. I and love hotel the names is for stuff. From where to, when to, the when? The conference is all week long. The conference is, and I don't know if it's sold out or not. I think if you're in the Dallas area and you want to invest a little change in the opportunity to meet a thousand romance authors and a and thousand the book
4: signing is open to the public. So, oh,
0: that's right. Right, the book signing is open to the public on Saturday. The giant book signings will be the 16th. Excellent. So they could
1: correct. meet you guys then. That's Absolutely. terrific.
0: Absolutely. And we want to remind everyone that the latest 1001 Dark Nights novella from Julie is called Caress of Pleasure. Mm. It's a Dark Pleasures novella and it's available now through the dinnerpartyshow.com. Julie, thank you so much for joining us today via Skype.
4: Absolutely. It's awesome. And, and well, we so know
0: you've got about four books to finish before the end of today. So before gonna, dinner. Yeah. So yeah, we'll let you
1: get back to all of your
0: billions of, uh, Your work and all of your billions of words.
4: Thank you much, guys. This was awesome.
0: Thanks, Julie. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you're listening to The Dinner Party Show. We'll be back in a minute.
3: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where the soup is hot, but the heads are hotter.
0: And now, JoNell Sams for Best Served Warm, part of The Dinner Party Show's public service commitment.
1: Hey, I'm Jonelle Sams, Dinner Party Show Relationship Consultant. You probably know me from my on-air homemade relationship advice column, but tonight on Best Served Warm, I'd like to take a moment to help raise your awareness of bed death. I was not aware of bed death until I overheard some of the girls from the softball team my husband coaches talking about it. I was curious, so when I got home from their annual arm wrestling and snake stomping fundraiser barbecue, I looked it up. I was living in a fool's paradise. Turns out, bed-related deaths claim the lives of most Americans. More people die in bed than anywhere else. We hear about marches for cancer, bike rides for heart attacks, and dimes for birth defects, telethons for kidneys and such like, but no one is doing anything about the alarming number of people who die in bed each year. I'd like to offer a little common sense advice I got from my husband of 22 blissful years of marriage, Merle. Why not just sleep on the couch? That's what my Merle does most of the time and he's fine. With the number of lives lost and families destroyed in bed each year, it just stands to reason that we can head off the trouble so many find between the sheets if we just stay out of the bedroom altogether. Until we know more about this silent, comfortable killer, we all just need to sleep in the den and avoid taking the risk of not knowing what's going to happen in bed. This is Joan Sams reminding you that avoiding bed-related death is just a lazy boy and chenille throw away. And that's advice that's best served warm
3: and cozy. The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Bringing you interviews with some of the hottest celebrities who made the mistake of taking Christopher and Eric's call. Michael Tolliver. Adam Madrigal, Mary Ann Singleton. They're all going to be guests on our show? Well, sort of.
1: This Sunday, May 17th, we're bringing you a special encore presentation of our visit from
0: Armisted Maupin, creator of Tales of the City. Oh, fun. Will he tell the story about riding a tricycle at Burning Man again? Yes, Christopher. It's an encore. Awesome. Will he say our studio's really nice, but it's inside a building that looks like a seedy motel?
1: Yes, Christopher, it's an encore. Do you know what an encore is?
0: I guess it means we're going to be re-airing our previous interview with Armistead Maupin in its entirety?
1: With special exclusive new material from you and me.
0: Cool. So join us for a special encore presentation, which will apparently include new material from me and Eric, of our visit from Tales of the City creator Armistead Maupin this Sunday, May 17th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Boy, you left for Dallas early.
3: The Dinner Party Show. A new live cast begins airing every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at thedinnerpartyshow.com or through our free mobile app. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, where all of our shows are available for free anytime you want to listen. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Let's dish!
0: I'm Christopher Rice and welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Eric Shaw Quinn and I'm still here as well. (laughs) But the big news is... We are joined this hour by the lovely Miss Lexi Blake. She is calling in from... North Texas, which she calls home. She started writing at a young age, concentrating on plays and journalism, but it wasn't until she started writing romance that she found success. She is a New York Times and USA Today bestseller, and she believes in happy endings no matter how odd the couple, threesome, or foursome may seem. (laughs) Her latest novella for A Thousand and One Dark Nights is called Adored. It's a Masters and Mercenaries novella, and it will be available beginning May 12th at TheDinnerPartyShow.com, but you can pre-order it through our site before then. So, as soon as this interview is over. Yeah, or during this interview. Yes, if you're online. Absolutely. Lexi, welcome to the Dinner Party Show.
5: Well, thank you for having me.
0: It's wonderful to have you. This is your first time meeting Eric Shaw Quinn, so it's sort of like a cyber meeting. Right?
5: It is, but he's got a lovely voice, oh, so well, I can already see it. Thing.
0: Oh, God. Yes. We were all at a conference together. Uh, you weren't, but Eric, but you were there in spirit because everyone there was talking about your voice. Well, as long as people are talking about me, I, I don't even care what they're saying. Yeah, because. <laughs> now speaking of talking, we understand Lexi that you are joining us from your closet today
5: I am I am I am coming from my actually I'm at my office so I'm coming from my lovely work closet. so I'm surrounded by books and tons of little swag things. But it's a beautifully decorated closet. Now you
0: used a a romance buzzword, swag. Let's talk (laughs) about you know we were we're airing this on the eve of the Romantic Times conference in Dallas, Texas, which is probably or swag
1: fest they're considering calling
0: it exactly. So talk to people who may not know the romance world that well about the swag involved.
5: Swag is a big deal, and I guess in the romance world, I, I haven't actually you know worked in the book world outside of romance. So I just immediately think that. All readers want to get little keychains with with, you know, book titles on them and stuff. Um, what what we end up doing is making little, you know, everyday items like lip gloss or hand sanitizer or oh, i know it's 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 yeah. kind of fun and it really is uh, especially i like to do it with businesses fictional businesses in my world
1: oh that's smart i love that yes you
0: have Mc, uh, i'm going hope i pronounce it correctly mctaggart security right is oh it's mckay
5: taggart yes McKay-Taggart. it's mckay taggart security right. and, and um at rt we'll see a bunch of girls running around in mckay taggart security trainee t-shirts excellent yeah it, it opens up the some. sometimes you'll get hey what is that or, or but it's it's also not something that you would you know it doesn't have like romance novel covers on it.
1: And how do you guys use this swag now so that when somebody comes up to your booth like you give them an incentive or it's for readers or for your signings or like we did bookmarks for the dinner party show that, that we passed out at uh, book signings for Anna and Christopher.
5: You know it depends on, on what kind of swag it is. Obviously little booklets that have excerpts those are really for you People to come to you and, and to figure out if they want to buy your book or not. I see. Um, the other stuff you, you kind of end up branding it with your website, but the the stuff that's from the fictional businesses, honestly, that's for
0: the fans. I see. And, and so to paint the picture, last year was my first RT. I think there were about four hundred people there, and they do they do two signings, right. And RT is
1: Romantic Times. Romantic
0: Times, right? We We did, the Dinner Party Show did a special report with all the Dark Knights authors at RT last year, but this year there are too many authors to do one report on because we doubled our, our membership, if you will, so we're interviewing all of you separately, but... To paint the picture for people, these signings that they have, they have one that I guess is for people. This has actually been a source of some controversy. One for the traditionally published authors, and then one for for the more indie authors, right? But in each of these signings, they're about, I would say, over a hundred authors. Do you think that's a safe bet, Lexi? In oh, a single absolutely.
5: Room. Oh, yes. But actually, this year they're doing it differently. I mean, RT is like anything else. Uh, authors get upset, and it, they. RT's going to change with the times as much as they can. Of course. This year everybody's in the same room.
1: Oh, both both groups.
5: Yes, yes. Everybody's in the same room. This year they're they're doing this um this new program where Create Space is basically acting as the indie author's publisher. Okay. So the bookseller can actually get books before be, yes, before because um they didn't have any way to return books that weren't Sold, they they really you would have to bring books in on consignment. Right, this right. This year we don't we don't have to do that. That's and fantastic. and I personally was one of the first people going, I don't need to bring books.
0: You just deal with that. <laughs> right, right.
5: Um, but yeah, there will probably be four hundred authors.
0: So we're talking about four hundred authors in a single room. Yes. And what's gonna bring somebody to your table, possibly over the table next to you, is your swag like it, it becomes I sort see. of part of your storefront i mean i, I don't see. mean to paint it quite that competitively but it it becomes i guess my next question for you would be have you ever made a sale on the spot because of swag yes yeah
5: because of, you know what I've made a conversation sales of starter. i think before. that
1: makes perfectly good sense i totally a conversation starter is a great way to i mean it's a sales convention
5: yeah, I have got some lovely cover models, um, and they do a very, very good job, <laughs> oftentimes of, of selling my books.
1: We love cover models. Are they present at the signing or just no, the co- on the
5: no, covers? I, I'm just okay. talking about the book covers okay. and, and gonna, the way that. Like wow, the way that I end up branding my own series.
0: So you you have a book coming out from Berkeley in a few months, is that correct? One that you co wrote with uh, I have, Shayla I Black. Have,
5: over the next. Year, year. I should have three.
0: But you started wow. Indie. I did. So
5: I actually started out with small press E first mm-hmm. under another pen name. And I, I ended up moving over to Indie and that's where I've really found the majority of my successes in, in Indie publishing. How
1: are you guys differentiating between Indie and EPUB? pub? Like what's the, what's the, how would, how do those things dif- differ?
5: Well, what I'm talking about is like, I had a small press publisher Uh-huh So no advance, nothing like that, but they did the, what marketing they did do was done, and it was almost branded, this particular publisher was really good with Minaj. Mm-hmm. So it right. was almost like a, the Harlequin for Minaj at the time. But what I what I rapidly found was they build, you know, their brands, whereas in indie publishing, I can build my own brand.
0: Mm-hmm. But there were not paper copies of the books being produced there, at this former publisher? There
5: were, but it was very difficult to get a hold of them. Ah. And they were very expensive. So indie then is where you began to
1: actually introduce the actual more traditional paper books.
5: Odd, oddly enough, yes, in a, okay. in a weird way. CreateSpace and, and some of the, the players like that have made it very easy to do those things and to distribute them. Thanks. Now, obviously, you don't get, you know, I'm not at a physical Barnes and Noble store.
2: Well, but I and I, the-
0: I think we're slowing you down on this point just because we have a lot of indie authors or aspiring indie authors who oh, listen to cool. our show, and so it's always helpful for them to know that there is this this issue that you have to deal with when you do go indie. That 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 um, events like the ones we're talking about at RT um, are recent developments that people have started allowing those books in. That it's not often possible for actual physical retailers to place an order of a CreateSpace title, CreateSpace being the paper supplier through Amazon and associated with KDP. So you do have to sometimes take steps to supply books on your own, although there are an increasing number of options now for indie authors. Lightning Source is one. The problem is just in the past they've been very difficult to, to use if you're not in the business of actually formatting and producing print books yourself.
5: Well, and I think a lot of people get scared of the, the idea of selling yourself because especially at smaller conferences, and I love this. This is absolutely my favorite way to sell. At smaller conferences, a lot of times they'll have a bookseller for the traditional people, and then they just will tell the indie people, sell it yourself, bring your own money, make your own change, Yeah. use your little um, – now I, I forget it.
0: Square. 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 Is, is, usually, I'm looking yes. into it. I was at. A, we were at Coastal Magic together in uh, yes. Daytona Beach, Florida, and people were using Square, which is just you literally attach a tiny card oh, reader to the right. top of your smartphone, and they it run the card
5: through
2: simple.
0: it.
5: It's yeah. super simple. It gives you all kinds of data um, from from your sales, and the great thing is with with um, traditional sales, the publishing house will usually send like maybe your last two books. -hmm. With this, I can bring as many books and sell as many books as I want to. And I can also, before the conference, I do a pre order. So I know, you know, if you're going to the conference and you want me to bring some books. I can sell you an entire, you know, run of my series, yeah. Maybe at a discount. So a
1: fan could even let you know in advance, and you could absolutely provide the and books I'll have that it there they for That's it.
5: really, I love that.
2: Yeah, it's
1: that's really, really cool. that's really. Now you mentioned a term called minaj, which I, I, I know Christopher. Have you, you've written minaj, right? And. And you all, yeah, uh, yes. you, why don't you all talk a little bit about that for people who might not be as familiar with well, that? Well,
0: and I would add in, before I let you loose on the question, Lexi, that you, you mentioned how you were previously with this publisher that was the Harlequin of Minaj, as you said, and, and people who don't really know much about the genre look at Fifty Shades of Grey as sort of the beginning of erotic romance, when the truth was it was around in a digital way long before that, and you were sort of involved with publishers that were part of that, and I think... Romance, not... 50 er, er, of erotic, romance. erotic romance, er, romance very right. sexually explicit. People act like El e. James was the the first uh, romance author to go very sexually explicit. When the truth is, there was there was a lot of the content available, and Lexi Woo-hoo. was one of the women writing it. So. Good for you, Lexi. Well done. You
5: know, it, it's it's funny. I I, I don't even uh, honestly. I've read Fifty Shades of Grey. And I really liked it. I didn't consider it to be that erotic. There there's a lot. I think that it was the first one that really exploded that discussed sexuality, not really discussing it, but making that sexuality such an important part, kind of trying to combine – the first one that really went just nuclear, that Mm -hmm. combined both romance and eroticism. And BDSM
0: too, right? Yes. Yeah, Yeah,
5: it's – (laughs) It's the first one to get really big, yes. Yes,
0: absolutely. But it was around for a while, and Minaj was one of those things. And not to to forget Eric's question, but Minaj basically means more than a couple, right? We know the phrase Minaj a trois, but that's that's three. But if you describe a book as Minaj, it just means more than two people are going to be in the love relationship.
5: um, It's even been in traditional publishing for a long Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look back. I'm trying to remember when Shayla Black's Wicked... Uh, Wicked Ties was around now because uh, I think that was 2000 it was it was well well before um Maya Banks had a series that mm-hmm. had menage in it now traditional publishing always handled menage though as something that the couple played at and then the woman ended up with one partner
0: aha uh-huh. I see that, so yeah. I, they
5: like you know I like to call what I write
0: permanent menage it's permanent. a happily ever after menage. permanent menage I love that but also and there are two camps of menage and this gets into the whole codes thing which codes. I love codes yeah they're, they're literal letter, letter codes that are attached to a lot of the titles which let you know who touches who in the uh-huh. context of the menage oh, very so, important like so it would be MFM would be the men don't touch each other uh-huh. that it's a menage that's solely focused on the woman Right. MFM the men also touch each other it's a it's a sort of fluid three way M M-M-M. M- mmf, yes. mmf, yeah, mmf, and then there are literally the mmmmmfms out there. I just oh it's yeah, like... there are
5: somewhere I don't know where all the guys go. <laughs> like,
1: Some I of them are
0: downstairs I'm, making I'm a brunch.
5: <laughs> so the the most I have ever written is is three guys and one girl. I can figure out where to put them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we like to call that the alphabet soup of erotic romance. It, right. It, it, it is. It's there to let you know, you know, if you have, you know, MM content. Um, if you're, if it's all going to be about the girl. Personally, I prefer writing MMF.
2: Mm-hmm. I've written
5: a lot of both. Um, actually, as Lexi, I, I've my the MMF I've written is my urban fantasy, which it doesn't start out that way, but boy, it gets there. Mm-hmm. um and that but then as my old
0: apparently a big fan yeah i'm working my way through it i, I see what's coming and it, i'm yeah, enjoying the, the ride yeah
5: <laughs> um and then as my old pen name is sophie oak i, I wrote a lot of mmf as well mm-hmm. um it that feels more natural to me that you know i i like the idea of three
0: people in love yeah so let's get a little personal how many m's in your mmf no i'm just kidding but we do want to ask you do your own relationships feed the romances you write or is it vice versa? Do, the, do what you write, does what you write right? feed? Do you keep it on the page or does, yeah. just, does it just wind This is where my
5: husband there? would like to be here to start complaining. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, he can call our party line at 323-PEZ-TDPS.
5: <laughs> I, I always put my, writing is like therapy for me. I might not even realize how much of myself I'm putting into it uh-huh. until I can take a step back and look at it. Uh-huh. But I can go down a list of relationships things my husband and I have been through um the whole reason I got back into writing was was an issue with my husband I ended up writing six books of this urban fantasy series Uh that's basically about um a couple who start out being estranged Mm. and how they come back together and at the time it didn't hit me but my husband later on was like yeah that's me oh
1: Wow! Um, and did and, it have a positive effect on your on your real life relationship, uh, your IRL relationship? but right. <laughs> you know, I,
5: I think what it did was it helped me be patient. Hmm. If I have some place to put my my feelings into, I, I can take a deep breath and I can try to see it from both sides because I have to write both views. Huh. And if I can see it from both viewpoints, then I can I can be a little more patient.
1: Mm-hmm. Romance therapy, yeah, I yeah, like it. I like it. it. I just,
0: I like it. All right, Lexi, we're going to subject you to the same game show we've subjected all the Dark Knights authors to. I'm ready. And we're going to cue up our game show music. All right. High stakes. Game show music. High stakes. (laughs) (laughs) Very high (laughs) stakes. Very (laughs) high (laughs) stakes. Okay, question one. You are dangling from a clock face by your bare hands over a 30-story drop. Who do you most want to come to your rescue? A vampire, a shifter, or a Navy SEAL?
5: Oh, the vampire can fly. So, yes, the vampire.
2: That's well, very like practical. Like, I, I
5: don't have a lot of upper body strength, so waiting for the Navy Seal to like climb up that to thing, yeah. The side,
1: yeah. No, I
5: just want the dude to fly up and get me. Right, yeah.
1: but if the vampire could take you to the Navy Seal after he was done, you wouldn't complain.
5: Well, but then that would be an MMF. Right. Hello,
1: yes, yes. <laughs>
2: we've just
0: we, we you heard it here you first just on the created dinner party a show. scenario. Yes, absolutely, vampire Navy Seal MMF. Okay, question two. The man you're in a relationship with, in this case your husband, has left dirty dishes in the sink for the third time this week. Not again. Who would you most like to make him jealous with? A billionaire CEO, a stud from a motorcycle gang, or Bigfoot? Oh,
5: yeah, not Bigfoot. <laughs> I might I was joke waiting about for that. you to I rule
0: him so. out first. I was like, is she thinking about
2: Bigfoot? No, I'm, I'm going to go with
5: the... I'm going to go with the billionaire CEO, but he's got to be kind of slightly nerdy so that I can talk to him because my husband and I can joke all day long about how much I think Chris Hemsworth is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But if I can't talk to a dude about like Star Trek or something for 15 minutes, I'm probably not going to end up there. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah, got to yeah. be a hot nerd. I'm into the hot nerd.
0: But isn't isn't that the joy of romances that we combine the two? We oh, take absolutely. the hot people and no. we give them actual personalities. Or we, <laughs> yes.
1: just, or we just try and meet
0: Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, finish this sentence with one word Romance is Joy oh, the, I don't think we've what heard that one before a lovely answer Yeah, excellent Okay, one last question before we do our drawing To find out who you went a night with With your husband in the room, of course um, True or false, in real life There are no happy endings
5: Oh, that's so false <laughs> yeah, that's exactly,
0: totally, totally false Okay. Spy what
5: freaking Grey's Anatomy will tell you <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh,
0: everyone is still upset about Grey's Anatomy. We're not Grey's Anatomy I fans. It, here at you the know dinner what? Party I have show.
5: watched it. I, that show ended right before he died, just the way Downton Abbey did. Wow. wow. I take a firm stand it's on not killing of off that. characters the
0: series. Well, we'll see how that turns we'll out. We'll see how it turns out. It's It was quite a choice. I You know, I don't watch oh. doctor shows because I'm too much of a narcissist. I always walk away thinking that I've, you know, I have everything that the patients on the show had, so, <laughs> um, but that was quite a, that was quite a show. Okay, we're going to do our drawing to okay. find out who Lexi wins a night with. Let's see. What the, the, uh, Jamie from Outlander. Oh, my oh, God. No, that's good.
5: Did you see Outlander this week? I have not watched it uh, this week, but I, I heard he's
2: it, then,
1: so I'm I very excited it about that but there's yeah there's some real there's some choices this (laughs) week i'm telling you what now, you guys are both going to be at Romantic Times, We right? are both going to be Times. Currently, as you're hearing this, yes. they're at Romantic Times, we so, are in rad- which is where?
0: Uh, it's in Dallas, Texas this year, so yes, it's actually Lexi has Home Field Advantage. And I think Lexi actually received all of my books. They are I in her house. I was about to
5: say, I'm sitting in a closet with all of Chris's That's books.
0: That's right. She's <laughs> going to bring them to the Hyatt Regency, where we are holding the conference. Just Lexi and I, we're holding our own conference. Right. That's right.
1: I think that sounds great. It would be a beautiful Lexi thing.
0: Lexicon, we call it. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we'll be, do th- we'll be doing a bunch of events and we'll be doing a sparkler to promote A 1001 Dark Nights. Do you know what a sparkler is, Eric Shockwave? It's
1: one of those things you light like
0: and it makes this little. Uh, Lexi, guide write me through, your name through this. In how, do, how do we define a sparkler in the world
2: of Oh,
5: brewing? well, this is a Liz Berry term. Liz Berry's our publisher. Yeah. We um, love a sparkler Liz Berry. in this particular, um, it, we have sparkling champagne mm-hmm. and uh-huh, sparkling it. wine,
0: and we have sparkling authors. We do. They go from table to table and they have like, it's sort of like a scavenger hunt question thing where they have to get our answers to different questions, sort of like our little game show uh-huh. style thing that we just subjected Lexi to. And uh, so it's it ensures that they talk to each of us and visit each author and then we give them swag because it all that's comes right. back to swag. So
1: when is the sparkler?
0: May 15th will be the 1001 Dark Nights sparkler. It's from 1230 to I think 1.30 p.m. and it's going to be in the landmark foyer at the lobby level of the Hyatt that's Regency. The, that's Friday.
1: That's Friday. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. So, so people who want to meet the two of you and other Thousand and One Dark Knights authors, that's the
0: perfect slide. Is it 20 authors, Lexi? Is that how Something many? Something like that. Yeah.
5: But not not everyone's going to be there. Uh, probably 16, 17 of us will be there.
0: That's Excellent. gracious plenty. Excellent. Lexi, thank you so much. We could have kept you all evening and just talked romance. And I'm sure we're going to have you back on The Dinner Party Show at some point. Looking forward to it. We want to remind people that Adored is going to be f- available for sale at the thedinnerpartyshow.com starting May 12th and they can buy it there and they can pre-order it currently if they're listening to this before me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here, Lexi.
5: Thank you for having me. It was so nice to meet you, Eric. All
0: right. Now you can get out of that closet.
5: <laughs> I am. I'm going to go out into the light. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Lexi. <laughs>
0: Bye guys. And we'll be back here shortly on the dinner party show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. The internet is full of people talking about stuff they hate. So on the TheDinnerPartyShow.com, we've decided to launch a new feature that's all about stuff we love. That's right. It's
1: called Christopher and Eric's Favorites each month we'll recommend a variety of products we just can't live without so that you can enjoy them too.
0: You can visit Christopher and Eric's favorites at the dinnerpartyshow.com and that's where you can also sign up for our newsletter and be the first to know when new favorites are added to the site.
1: And remember, if you use any of the buy links on the dinnerpartyshow.com, a percentage of your purchase will help support the operation
3: of the show. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where dessert is the most important meal of the
0: day. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. This is the dessert portion of the evening. Right, we're just going to have just a little dessert tonight because we had so much to talk
1: to with Julie and Lexi. So much sweet
0: with Julie and Lexi, We're all our sweet tooth is... uh, Right, but we're
1: out of the closet now, like as if... Yeah, I know, right? As if we were ever in the closet. Lexi's the only closet case that's ever been on our show. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Time will tell. <laughs> right? Who knew about Bruce Jenner? <laughs> right so you're gonna be at your romantic times yes. we've, we've gone over all those dates we can go over them again if you forgot but or you can just rewind it um <laughs> right. depending on how you're listening to us tonight right. but swag what swag are you bringing everybody you all were talking about swag what can what can people get from Christopher
0: I'm participating in an event at the conference called the Wheel of Romance which my friend the writer Damon Swaede is putting together and about a couple weeks ago before we recorded this I got an email from Damon. Saying that I needed to have swag, and I had a complete and total fucking meltdown because my plan was simply to bring
1: as opposed to his usual calm, sensible
0: reaction. Yeah, okay, okay, (laughs) Siddhartha, how many things did you break on the way in here today? Okay, um, I had a complete meltdown because my plan was simply to give out free paperbacks of the books, which I can get very cheaply from uh, CreateSpace. As my swag, but this event was going to require intricate swag, so I ended up getting stocked up for the, for the weekend. I'm going to have sleep masks... Ooh, say the that's Desire That's very exchange. Christopher Rice. Yeah, that I is lo- such a Christopher Rice I choice. love sleep masks because the they make you feel yourself. like you're flying first class no matter where you are. <laughs> We're going to see what's left over because I have not seen any of this swag. A lovely woman named Charity Hendry, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, who's a big sort of, uh, she's a personal assistant to she's various- a swag hag. I don't know if she's going to appreciate that term, but I'll <laughs> run it by her. Charity, my co-host, called you a swag hag. Are you cool with that? We'll see. Um, I'll call her that after she gives me all the swag right? that I ordered through her. Sleep masks, uh, round scented candles that Ooh. have the logo on them. Very Christopher right, Right, and very related to the. Since it's the flame. Yeah, absolutely. the flame. Absolutely. I, I'm forgetting the other stuff. I think we... Oh, Pralines. We're doing some Pralines oh, with labels on them. Totally Christopher Rice. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think that might be the three things. And then uh, 1001 Dark Nights is kicking in some swag as well for the for some big baskets. But I'm telling you, these conferences are all about the swag. Like people it's all sh- about the swag. <laughs> yeah, that's the swag. That's right. Got about the swag. Right. And it's all about that song, too. That song is very popular with... Uh, with the romance I think world. that's
1: going to be it for her. I don't really see really? like with v- v- trainer. Well, so what's the other song she's done?
0: She's done another one that I read the most vicious review of on salon.com because it's being derided as quote anti-feminist. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. Be my because giant talking man about or something.
2: the
1: we're talking about their butts is the way to, <laughs> that women really prefer to be discussed. <laughs> right. That's the respectful way. The romance novelists know how to talk about women, and they yeah. will all be together with Christopher Rice in Dallas for the Romantic Times Conference.
0: Yes, Signing absolutely. up,
1: open to the public on the 16th. There's and a of big U.
0: public signing on Saturday, which I will not be signing, but I'll be roaming. So if you want to come talk to me, or take a picture with me, or get me to sign or your mug him for a sleep mask. Or, or get it, get swag. I'll carry my swag around with me absolutely. on Saturday. So, yeah. Uh, and if you're in Dallas and you want to go to the conference, I don't I don't know if it's sold out. Go to rtbooklovers.com, I believe, is the website.
1: And we thank Lexi and Julie for being with us today. And the books for them and all of our Thousand and One yes. Night's authors, as well as Christopher, are always available um, at thedinnerpartyshow.com. And, and if
0: you buy them there, we get a percentage of the sale. to
1: support the show, which we really appreciate.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so in the meantime... Live from Dallas, but not really from Dallas. Pre-recorded before I went to Dallas. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you've been listening to The Dinner Party Show.
1: Thanks.